podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Anfield Index Writers Podcast. I'm your co-host Leanne Prescott and joining me as usual is Tom. Tom, how are you? Hi Leanne, yeah, I am all good. I'm looking forward to Liverpool being back at the weekend because it's been a long, long international break. But uh, I've used the time to actually do some things in my life that aren't Liverpool related, so that's a pleasant (laughs) surprise. Yeah, I think we're all kind of looking forward to having Liverpool back in our lives. International football doesn't doesn't really do it for me. I know England had a very, very good game against Spain the other day, but even that was just kind of, I, I didn't really care. Um, so I'm looking forward to having the Premier League back as a whole. Um, some very, very good games on this weekend as well. Um, but joining us today is Hamza. Hamza, how are you? Uh, very good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I haven't been writing that much in a while, but it's always good to be back on. Uh, so yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to this as ever. Yeah, it's great to have you back. Um, you've written a really, really good piece, actually, on um, Liverpool and their need to have a playmaker. So do you want to talk us through that and we'll dig straight into it? Yeah, so um, Liverpool, as we know, the past few seasons have struggled against that low block. Um, and there's a few reasons, I think, as to why it derives, in some sense, from the, the tactical system we play and, in response, what other teams do against us. So cause, Because we're a pressing side, uh, other teams now know that when they come to Anfield, they can give us the ball, and we're not as excited with the ball. And this derives from our tactics, right? So as a pressing side, you want to compact the pitch as much as possible. You want as many players around the opposition players uh, in, order to, in order to cut off passing lanes, uh, to close them down, uh, and to not give them space. The problem is, though, when you're off ball and you want to do this, um, you, you want to have your players nearby uh, in order to press. Uh, and that's cool, but when you win the ball, right, uh, the idea is you make the pitch as big as possible. That's sort of Pep Guardiola sort of uh, positional play where your wingers are stuck right by the touchline to stretch the opposition defence as much as possible, and then there's gaps to, to break into. Uh, then you can use the spaces. You have an intelligent sort of playmaker that pulls the strings, and then you can exploit those uh, those areas and score. But we don't seem to be doing that. Look at the Brighton game where we, we, we score a goal because of a, uh, an error where they take a short free kick in, in their own defensive third, and we can press. But for the rest of the game, they didn't offer us an opportunity to press, and that's why we struggled creatively. West Ham's a different affair because they sort of stepped up to us. They're left in loads of space. That's easy for us to do. We know we can do that. But when teams sit back, as we'll probably see United do when we eventually play them, uh, and other teams have done, we, we, we kind of struggle. And I think that derives from us not having a developed positional play game uh, because we press. And that's cool. As long as you have, and this is the other thing, uh, creative players uh, in midfield especially. And I don't feel that we have that be a, an attack midfielder like a 10 uh, or, or a 6 because I, I think we were linked with Jorginho before. And that, that, that does make sense because we need that sort of um, creative control, someone that will move players, uh, opposition players, uh, attack spaces with the ball, or running to those spaces. Uh, it's just about intelligent movement, aggressive movement, uh, in order to break down these defensive sides. And once we've got that, because right now we're the best team in the world in transition. Uh, Pep Guardiola said that Klopp builds all of his, his style around the transition. 
off ball, we're fantastic now. We defend really, really well with our, with our back four, our, our new goalkeeper. Uh, the midfield press really well in order to stop teams attacking us down the middle. Uh, but it's just this on-ball game. And you saw that against City. Uh, we had a decent amount of the ball because we didn't do that so much. So that's really what I was just trying to look at with this piece. Um, yeah, well, I guess we can go from there. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's really interesting. And, and in many ways, it hits the nail on the head because... For as good as Liverpool have been this season in terms of their position in the league, they've not really got going in terms of that transitional play, that, you know, bursting through the midfield, having that playmaker presence as, you know, Coutinho was doing last season. Um, so, Tom, what are your thoughts on, on this and the, you know, the, the attacking pitcher as a whole, but that midfield and, and that need for a playmaker? And then we'll, we'll dive into the details. I think it's a really interesting question. It's a question that I've addressed myself a few times, and every time I look at it, I get more confused as to whether or not I agree or disagree with the, with the idea. Um, I mean, Hamza has written a fantastic article. He's covered a lot of really interesting points. Um, I think his point about the balance in the midfield is bang on. I think his point about how the players were missing in that midfield is really important. I mean, you look at Oxley chamberlain Coutinho, and Emery Chan. Those are the three that we're missing, right? And I mean, people will sort of say Emery Chan's not that important to the midfield. He's not that creative. But if you look at the midfield three of Vinaldum, Henderson, and Chan, of those three, which played a lot of games last season, Chan is easily the most creative of that three. So, you know, to lose, even for our least creative midfield, to lose the most creative player in that can be an issue. Um, my question, I think so you've got to look at it. I think there's a, a number of ways of looking at it, right? And I think the first thing to say is that in an attacking sense, we are good enough. Um, it's We're certainly good enough. Um, we're not one of the best teams in Europe, though. And that's maybe where you could say, well, if we want to be the best, one of the best attacking teams in Europe, we need to have a playmaker. Because if you look at terms of creativity, if you look at brute creativity, there were four teams in Europe, Barcelona, Real Madrid, PSG and Man City, that vastly exceeded Liverpool in terms of creativity last season. Those are the only four. Um so from that perspective, yeah, I think if we want to be a truly elite side, you know, one of the best sides in Europe, we do need to fill every gap we've got in our team. In terms of whether or not we need a playmaker, I think it's difficult because the first thing is any playmaker we buy has got to fit Klopp's model to a T, right? The, I mean, the, the thing is, I, I mean, the transitional play stuff is, is perfect from Hamza. He's analysed that really, really well. But, you know, if we're going to have a playmaker, we need a playmaker who's phenomenal in transition. And that's not necessarily going to be as easy to find as we might think. Um, Coutinho wasn't that player um, necessarily, um, because clearly something didn't quite work when Coutinho was playing in that midfield. Um, the other question I have is whether or not in general we have space for a sort of a more attacking player in that midfield without maybe making some compromises, because... You look at Shakiri in that midfield, admittedly he's only played one game there, but it, you could see it didn't quite work. Coutinho in that midfield didn't quite work. So I, I wonder whether there is a player who can sort of slot straight into that midfield and do both the work off the ball and on the ball. Oxley Chamberlain's a really good example of a nice balance, I think. Oxley Chamberlain's a good player who who had who brought a lot to the midfield in both an attacking and defensive sense, but he wasn't really an out and out creative force, right? I wouldn't have said he was a playmaker necessarily. Um and that's where I think Maybe we've already got some of the answers in our midfield already. Um, I think certainly if you look at the ceilings of Milner and Keita, I think both of those players are more than capable of stepping up and filling filling the creative role that we kind of need. Um, I think M- Milner has, is having a really strong season and he offers a lot more when he's freed up a little bit more. And Keita certainly, I, I know in the in the piece, Hamza, you say it's not Keita's primary role and I agree with you there. 
but I still think he's very, very good at it, and I still think he can add enough. Um, one thing I did want to sort of add is that I don't necessarily think it's creativity from the midfield that's the issue. I think it's goals. I think if you look at the midfield last season in particular, we didn't have enough players scoring from the midfield, and this has been an issue for a few years now. Um, it's not necessarily that we're not creating the chances, it's that we're not scoring the goals. And actually, um, there are a lot of teams in Europe who scored more goals than us last season whilst creating a lot less chances. I think we need, and that's not even down to the front three, right? I, I mean, Mane could have scored more goals last season given chances, but both Firmino and Salah are doing their jobs. So I think we need one or two players in midfield who are just going to score a few goals, who are just going to add something to that, add a different dimension to our attack through the midfield without necessarily being out and out creative forces. And I think this is where both Cater and Wijnaldum need to step up a bit more. I mean, obviously, with Cater, we know he's going to come good. And that, for me, is that for me is a big issue in the sense that when I, whenever anyone asks any questions about our midfield, I kind of just shrug and go, yeah, but when Naby Keita gets good, he's going to be the best player in the Premier League, so it's irrelevant. Um, and I think Wijnaldum in particular, you know, we saw in 16-17 in in that he has that bombastic run in him, that he can bring something to the plate park from the middle of the park. And he's done it a little bit this season. We've seen moments of him getting in the right positions and, and integrating with the attack. But it's just not coming together as a cohesive whole yet. Um, and I wonder if that's something to do with the structure of our midfield or if it's the individuals in it. Um, I'm rambling a lot here, but I think my basic point is I'm not, I don't disagree that we could definitely benefit from a playmaker in certain games, but I'm not necessarily sure that we don't have the components within our own squad to fill the gap is basically where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the point that I kind of highlight in the article that I think is, is relevant here is the fact that a lot of Liverpool's midfield at the moment, particularly with, with Naby Keita now out injured. You're looking at Genie, and, and as you pointed out there, Tom, he has done it a couple of times this season, but it's not his, maybe it's not his natural game. It's not necessarily what he's being asked to do within the team, but again, that could change given the current injury situation. Um, is that these players like Genie, like Milner, Henderson especially, they're quite safe in possession. Um, sometimes they can come up with that killer pass or that killer move or that drive from midfield, which is good to see. But none of them are out and out playmakers. None of them, you know, you, you see them on the pitch and you're thinking, right, they're going to put chances on a plate in the way that, you know, the likes of Coutinho did. So I think that's that's something we've got to bear in mind. Liverpool's front three is obviously brilliant. They had a great season last year. They've not quite got going yet, but they've still kind of got enough rhythm about them to still be a threat, uh, which which just kind of is a testament to their quality, but they need someone in behind them, someone providing those chances, someone linking up the play because Hamza, your article is all, all kind of about this idea of Liverpool and how good they are in transition. Isn't a massive, massive part of that, that link between midfield and attack where maybe we're not seeing yeah, it at the moment. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, I, I agree with Tom completely there. Um, as in that we don't need a sort of conventional uh, in inverted commas playmaker. Uh, the sort of Mesut Ozil type. What we need is a player that's, or what we need is our players to play in a way that's a bit more aggressive. So they're running into space, they're running with the ball into space, they're taking positions up in space, so they're actually and vertically available. They're they're performing as a bridge, as you said. Uh, that's that's bang on actually, as a bridge between uh, the forwards and the midfield. Because right now it's a bit flat. You see against City and uh, Chelsea. Uh, the midfield is flat and, it, and there's a disconnect. We aren't able to use a full potential of our forwards because we're not getting the ball into them enough. 
And it's a real shame. Uh, we're limiting ourselves through playing quite conservatively with the ball. Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum all do their job in terms of pressing and off-ball work fantastically well. But uh, when you want to sort of really exert a sort of chokehold on the game forward, we only see little moments. So against West Ham, Milner broke forward in the first few minutes. Uh, I think three times in the first five minutes, he targeted the channel uh, in between the centre-back and the right-back. This aggressive running, we've seen it from time to time. Uh, there's another example. Uh, when Oxford Chamberlain went off injured against Roma in the first leg at Anfield, Wijnaldum stepped up into that, that sort of box-to-box Role. And he was absolutely fantastic there, really aggressive with the ball, playing it into the forwards, supporting them. Uh, so you have an extra player in the box as well. That's what that's what you want. So you don't necessarily need a playmaker, but you want someone that can manipulate space in an aggressive manner, who can run into that space with the ball or without the ball. And that's really the sort of important thing for us to progress with our, uh, our on-ball ability. And just to respond to what Tom said a bit earlier, uh, yes, we are absolutely fantastic in terms of goals and our offensive output. But the thing is, in the league, well, in the Champions League, we're probably fine playing the way we do at the moment. There are very few teams that are going to be defensive and cause problems. I think Madrid are probably the biggest worry that we, we could probably face in the competition at the moment. Um, but in the league, teams realise that they're probably not going to get three points at Anfield or, or any points at all if um, if they try to attack. But they can get a point if they sit back and defend. So we're going to have a lot of games where teams are going to sit back. And for us to really push on, for us to challenge for the title, we're going to need to be a bit more uh, ingenuitive in these sort of games. And that requires a player like from the midfield being a bit more ris- risky, uh, being a bit more daring. And that, that's all it requires, really, just uh, a bit more sort of gutsy, gutsiness with the ball, a bit more aggression, uh, trying to put the ball forward because that's what the forwards do. Every time they get the ball, they're always looking forward. They want to run at players. If we have that from midfield, uh, then I think uh, we really could hit another level. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned there Liverpool uh, and, and facing the low block defences and looking at the next few games, for example, they're all winnable games for us. Um, you know, we, we've spoken in the international break about how Huddersfield, Cardiff, Red Star, they're all teams that you expect Liverpool to win against. Um, but when it's when you're looking at, at that potential midfield trio of, of Henderson, Genie and Milner, it doesn't really give you that impetus or aggression uh, that you've spoken about there. And, and yes, of course, we've seen bursts of attacking running and, and aggression from them at times this season and at times last season but not really consistently enough. Um, so I think it's it's too early to, to speak about being worried, especially given Liverpool's league position. But it's something Klopp must kind of look to address um, if he really does want to surge for silverware and, and really try to close the gap on Manchester City because if you look at City and, and their midfield is a prime example. They've got so many players there in, in Bernardo Silva and David Silva who are so good at that transitional out aspect and they support what is a, a phenomenal trio um, in attack for them as well so yes we've got Firmino yes we've got Salah and Mane but they do still need that kind of aggressive energetic midfielder to surge forward with them and add that transitional aspect because without that it's it's obviously a lot harder for those players to get on the ball to get the space and the time to to do what they did last season um, I, I guess the interesting question which I'll just kind of put out there to both of you is um, it could it could be a reflection of maybe the changing tactics of the season because we we no longer blow teams away in in 10 15 minute spells like we did last year 
and there's a sort of contentness about sitting back maybe when we're one goal up or two goals up and and this overriding feeling as fans actually just kind of confidence that we've got this defense now we've got a world-class goalkeeper and we can sit back we can defend a lead whereas last season it was almost at times Klopp thought I don't have any choice but I've got to go gung-ho here because it was just all about outscoring the uh, the opposition because he knew that we would probably have a, a leaky moment or two at the back. So maybe that scene, you know, Klopp changed his demands of his midfielders where we aren't necessarily seeing that attacking aggression anymore. So I guess I guess the question is, is this something that is tactical by Klopp or is it a case of actually there is a missing piece of the puzzle because of Chamberlain's injury, because Naby Keita's not quite hit form yet and it's something he needs to think about? I think it's got to be a bit both. I think... You look at our midfield, I think the one who stands out to me is Jeannie Wijnaldum, because you look at Jeannie in 16-17 and he's clocking 15 goals and assists. And then you look at Jeannie last season in the Premier League and he's got, he's just not contributing. Um, you know, and last season, you know, Jeannie, Jeannie isn't a player who contributes to the attack anymore. And I think that's got to be tactical because he's a very strong attacking player. So the fact that Jeannie is not contributing in, in a meaningful sense to our attack week in, week out has got to be something that Klopp is looking at he's got to be it's got to be something that is a tactical imprint there I think maybe it's the case that he just he almost wants a two-in-one midfield where he's putting a lot of pressure on one individual to sort of add creativity to that midfield so far this season it's been Milner who's been our most creative player um, and that's a good thing I think you know it's good to see someone like Milner step up last season to an extent that was Coutinho but when Coutinho wasn't playing I think it was Oxlade Chamberlain so I think Klopp maybe puts a lot of pressure on maybe one midfielder to sort of say you've got to be the link man here because I can't afford to sacrifice Two, two eights, which is something we did in 16-17 and it maybe didn't quite work in a defensive sense. So I think the more Klopp's looking at it, the more defensively he wants it to be an almost a sit and go. So if if Milner's going, then uh, whoever's on the other side, be that genie, has got to sit. Um, I also wonder how Henderson fits into the picture, how he fits into the balance, but I certainly think he's not he's not a player who isn't necessarily contributing, but equally, that, that I mean, that's definitely tactical. He's playing as the six. Um, I think the other thing is the fullbacks. Um, Obviously, the fullbacks play such an important role in the way our team attacks. I mean, you look at Robbo, he's been consistently one of our most creative players since he's been playing regularly in the team. And I just wonder if maybe Trent's poor form this season has contributed to part of the issues with our attack. Because if you look at the disparity between in creativity between Trent and Robbo, it's very, very clear that Liverpool's attack is a bit lopsided at the moment. And that's partly because um, Trent's maybe struggling with his final ball a little bit. That is something that we've, that we've uh, maybe discussed before. Um I do think it's partly tactical. I think the other thing is, if Klopp wanted a playmaker, I thought he would have bought a playmaker by now. I know he was looking at Fakir in the summer, but I genuinely think he was maybe looking at Fakir as a forward rather than as a midfielder. Um, I know a lot of people expect him to play in the number eight role, but I, the more I look at the way this team's functioning and the more away I think about the way it would have worked, I'm not necessarily sure Fakir was ever going to play in midfield for us. I'm not sure he was ever going to really play the 10 position either. I, I mean, it's all hypothetical, isn't it? And having different having different players in your squad allows you to do different things. And if you haven't got an out and out playmaker, it can make a lot more sense to play a slightly different midfield sort of structure and base your midfield more around what players individual strengths are. So if you haven't got anyone who's an out and out creator an out and out sort of bombastic force, then yeah, it would make more sense to not really play with that as a central part of your midfield in the way that we maybe did slightly differently with Coutinho. But equally, I think I think there's, I mean, 
in answer to the, I mean, for me, the t- if you talk about the tactical question, you look at last season, and over the ho- over the course of last season, only four players scored more than three Premier League goals for us, and that was Coutinho in the front three. Only two, only, well, no, only three players currently in this squad that are fit have scored more than two goals last season in the, in the league for us. That's the front three. You know, um, Genie scored one goal last season. Henderson scored one goal last season. Yeah. Um, you know, Lallana obviously didn't play much, but he didn't score any. Milner didn't score any. Um, the likes of Danny Ings, Solanke scored one each. Robbo and Trent one each. So, you know, there, there isn't a lot of goals in this team, if we're being honest. If we, if we take the front three out of it, there is very few goals in this team. Uh, and that's why I think there is going to be a lot of pressure on Cater when he comes in, because I think he's going to be incredibly important to this midfield. Um, one one other thing I did kind of want to say before we uh, before um, I shut up is uh, when our transition game isn't working as well because the press isn't working as well or isn't it was deliberately maybe being toned back a bit it makes our attack look a bit weaker. Um, there have been a lot of times when even if a team is sitting at a low block we can still press them to death. It's happened quite a few times back end of last season and in the first eight games of this season, much in the opening stages of last season our press was a bit subdued. And I think if the press does get going, we will see a complete revamp in the team. And that's just because I think how many, I mean, if you look at it, yes, there are some teams, yes, there are some teams that are really good that will be able to completely counter our press. But I think it's quite rare that you'll find a team that actually sits back and stops our press. If we're pressing as well as we can, if that makes sense, I think against our press isn't quite firing yet. And that's definitely contributing to the fact that we aren't quite as strong attacking in an attacking sense. But for Klopp, I think Klopp would rather double down on the press and just press more and press harder than seek alternative options and look for a playmaker. That's my take on it anyway. Hamza, what, what's your take on this on this idea that, um, you know, it's a tactical thing rather than something that Klopp needs to address, but also then moving on to, to this idea of the press. In, in the article, you've even said Gergen pressing is is the best form of playmaker. So is Tom right in saying, you know, we, we're speaking about how Liverpool need a playmaker, but that playmaker may not actually be a player. It could be the fact that we're just waiting for this press to kick into full gear. I disagree with Tom a little bit um, with regards to the way that we play when, when we score. Um, I think the way that we play when we sit back a bit actually derives from a, a confidence that we have now. Uh, because Klopp is now confident that when we defend, we're going to defend competently. We don't, we don't need to score one and then think we really need to push on because that puts us at risk. If we're still committing players forward, uh, we might need to, uh, we, we might leave us, ourselves open. However, when we, um, when we go forward, uh, and, and score, we can then sit back. Teams come onto us and that's a perfect opportunity for us to break. That's where our forwards thrive when they've got space ahead of them, when they can run into space. But this is also where I disagree with Tom is that I, we can excel with Gagan pressing when we space to attack, when we are pressing players in space. I think it's really hard to press a team that surrenders the ball, a team that sits back and consolidates a small amount of space, because that's where I feel we need that positional play, where we need to be able to stretch a team. And that's counter to the idea of being able to be ready to press, because you can't press straight away. If you say if you've set up uh, and you have the ball and you've sent Mane and Salah right to the touchline, Firmino uh, has the ball and he's, he's just lost it. Ideally, you'll be able to counter press as they send one or two of their players forward and they try to expand into space. 
But if you've got Mane and Salah on the touchlines, they're so far away from the ball, they can't affect it. They can't cut a pass off. Um, I do think there is a, a, a an issue there between the positional play and the pressing. And I think as good as Gagan pressing is, it is for high-level games. That's where it really shines, against big teams. But I still think that when teams surrender space, when they sur- surrender the majority of space on the pitch, when they surrender the ball, um, we still need a player that's a bit more intelligent with the ball. Uh, if, if a lower-ranked side does come to play football, uh, as West Ham did, they will get blown apart. So maybe this is only a few games that we'll face this season, maybe where a few teams will sit back at Anfield. I think we're starting to see it more and more, but it probably won't be majority of the games that we we have at Anfield. Um, but it's a growing amount that we just, and it's these small margins that obviously make the difference uh, over the course of the season. That's why um, I draw attention to it. It's not a massive concern, because like we said before, uh, we excel in so many different areas of, of the and it's just a small one that will really, really make the difference. I wouldn't put all our hopes on Cater though, because I feel that he was signed to play with Oxley Chamberlain. Uh, and, uh, uh, interesting for Keir. I, I, I always thought that he would play in, in that sort of Oxley Chamberlain role, a really advanced player, maybe as a 10, maybe as just a slightly 10 and a half, maybe between a 10 and an 8 or an 8 and a half, um, in that sort of position. So I think putting our hopes on Cater is a bit unfair to him. That's probably not his game. I think he can perform in that role, but we shouldn't expect that of him because as that sort of second midfielder, as that link-up, the player who can break but doesn't always do it, that's a really fantastic option because you have one player that the opposition team is always going to be wary of, uh, that Oxlade-Chamberlain, and then you have Cater who occasionally runs off in support. And that's where you get that sort of the break, where you create that overload where teams aren't expecting that. And that's where you really can shine. But... um. This isn't a massive, massive concern. I, I know we've spoken about this at length, but I think when you bring in a player like Oxlade Chamberlain, he, he starts to solve some of these problems because he picks up the ball and he'll run at uh, the opposition back line. As soon as you start running at that defensive line, you draw a player out, space becomes available, and then you can pass into that space, run into that space, shoot from that space created, and there you go, you've got your goals. Um, I think Oxlade Chamberlain's a big miss, really, and I, I think that's having a player like him or having our midfielders try to play like him. Because we know Henderson as a box-to-box is absolutely fantastic. I know he hasn't done that for quite a while, but he's fantastic in that role. Wijnaldum, when he was in Newcastle as an advanced midfielder, absolutely fantastic as well. James Muller, as you, as Tom already said, most creative player this season. So I think if we ask them to do that role, maybe uh, we could see um, a, a better sort of control exerted over games where teams surrender the ball. Um, but I, we're still early in the season. We're still underperforming our XG, so we're still creating a lot. This isn't a massive problem. I, I, I like to underscore that. This isn't a massive problem. It's just a problem that we can, uh, a small problem that we can improve on. Uh, so yeah, don't worry too much. But if, if we do have this dimension, it'll be fantastic. But what we might see in the next few weeks is that because this, this fixture list has been quite heavy, uh, our players are retired, a few picked up injuries. Uh, maybe they just want to settle into the season. Maybe, as you mentioned, Leanne, uh, the pressing is going to start ramping up. We might still make plenty of chances without needing this uh, this playmaker I alluded to. So not a massive problem, but something we can keep an eye on for the rest of the season. I think I think two things I, I do want to address from that. I think the first one is 
not necessarily putting it all on Naby. As I say, I think a combination of Naby and Milner has a really nice balance to it in our midfield. I think Naby's more of the runner, whereas Milner's more of the passer. And I think that that combination of someone who can run into space, generate space, take players out of the game, and someone who can find the attackers in space, you can play a bit more vertical passing. And I mean, Naby's, Naby's a phenomenal vertical passer as well, right? Uh, I think you wrote the article, didn't you? Where you quote, uh, was it Nutson who said he's one of the best vertical passers in Europe? Have I made that up? That was you, wasn't it? Yeah. The articles. Yeah, yeah you love like Nabi, but yeah, you know. that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I'm not saying it's necessarily all on Nabi, but I'm saying that if you look at what our midfield needs, Nabi bring Nabi solves maybe three quarters of the issues that our midfield has at the moment. Is maybe what I'm sort of getting at. Um, I think I I do I completely agree with you. It's not a major issue. I think you know if you look at, but I I kind of I go back to this point that maybe if the press is working really well, teams can't necessarily find a way to bypass necessarily find a way to sit behind it if that makes sense because if you look at um you look at the period of last season where the press was working well right so you take out the first you take out everything before Tottenham because the press wasn't really functioning properly that's about half the games that we dropped points in gone already in the league right and then you look at the other games where we dropped points and they were mostly either when we rested a lot of key players or it was when it was just after Europe and we couldn't quite necessarily get at full physical fitness and a lot of those games were also against big side so i mean i i think you're right to the extent you know the the teams that we want to worry about this sort of thing are your man united's your chelsea's your spurs's those sorts of teams that might just say we're going to out tactic you here we're going to play a, a game we've got good enough players to actually do it because we're good sides not i'm not necessarily worried about the likes of newcastle for example because you know in the two games against newcastle last season we drew one of them one all but that was when the press wasn't functioning properly when the press was functioning properly we end up beating Newcastle 2-0. And I'm not saying that's obviously all down to the press. Obviously, we, we played really well as a cohesive unit from December through till till March anyway. Even, but I'm saying the press is a large part of that. Um, this is where I think I think this is where maybe one player who we haven't mentioned yet kind of comes into the play, which is Adam Lallana, because he's a, that sort of player that you don't need to you don't need to necessarily give him loads of games, because, as you say, it's a very specific problem and it's very it's a sort of problem that you only maybe come across one in every 10 games. And that's where someone like Lalana, if he, he can make an impact, particularly if, he get, if it's against the sort of the smaller team that will come to Anfield, because you're not necessarily relying on him, but he is someone you can basically throw into that midfield and say, you know, you're a good presser and you're a good creative player and you offer something that none of the rest of our midfield offer. So if you can do something, that would be great. And I think, you know, it is one of those little, just one of those players who can maybe do something a bit different not necessarily of, of higher quality and maybe not someone we can rely on consistently, but he is someone you can go, well, you're fit, you're in reasonable form. I'll throw you into this game because I think we are going to need someone with a bit more creativity to them. But yeah, I, I largely agree with you. I, I also very much agree that Klopp is relying more on his defence this season and that kind of takes the pressure off the attack. Um, and that definitely means that, you know, some particularly a player like Milner, who I think is really good and really dynamic, he can sort of, he'll have a different role to play in different phases of the game. I think if you look at, for example, the Brighton game and that, and and maybe to an extent the Leicester game, in that opening half hour, Milner's a crucial part of our attack because he's pressing really effectively and he's creating things in the final third. But then once the game sort of maybe shut down a little bit more, you don't see Milner maybe making those kinds of runs or making those kind of passes quite so much because he's playing a more defensive side to his game. And that's maybe maybe how teams like Chelsea and Man City can get some joy against us because they can operate in those areas that force players like Milner to be a bit more defensive and maybe not curtail their natural game as, as such, but sort of the phases of the game that they're operating in are slightly different as a result. Um, I mean, 
we'll come on to talk about Oxlade Chamberlain in a minute. I don't necessarily agree that he's the missing piece of the puzzle. I don't think that's necessarily right. Um, I guess before we round off and we move on to Oxford Chamberlain, I, I just wanted to see Hamza's thoughts on on Adam Lanavis. He is a, a pretty interesting player. He does divide a lot of opinion. Um, injuries have really kind of taken away from the player he once was. Um, I saw a, a couple of videos floating around Twitter the other day of, of just how good he was during those Southampton days and and during his his early years in, in Liverpool as well. He, he did make an impact. You know, he was showing ingenuity, creativity in the middle of the park, which is something that we we've spoken about now. And it's an, that transitional play, that link up play that he's actually very very good at. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts, Hamza. Do you think he's a potential player that Klopp could utilise? Um, as I said, their injuries have obviously taken away from him. Um, last season, when he did feature on the, the rare occasion, he wasn't quite up to scratch, which is kind of what you expect from a, a player who suffered so many injuries. But could he, if he does find his rhythm, find his form and regain that kind of confidence, could he really help this team? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think the the best we've seen Lallana play for Liverpool is when Klopp moved him into that what became the Oxlade Chamberlain role. So it was first the Lallana role, right? Where he was because in the front three he's not quite quick enough. Um, but as that that tip of the midfield three, he's really really good. He's fantastic in transition. He's got he's got enough sharpness of feet, deftness with with the ball to be able to to run with the ball, uh, take on players, pass it into space run into the box. He's got those fantastic qualities. Uh, the issue is when he plays out wide, um, but I, bearing in, in mind his injuries, I think any minutes that we get from him this season is going to be a bonus because he only started the game last season. Um, if he plays fantastic, uh, it's always good to have a player that you can rotate and who does have quality in that position. Um Maybe if he play a different uh, system in the in the cup matches, maybe a four two three one, he can play as a ten. Um, but I think we've just got to regard him as someone. If it, like Oxley Chamberlain, if they get minutes this season, fantastic. But we shouldn't be banking on them uh, or thinking about them all the time to to cover the the holes if there are holes in the team, because um, the the club should bear that these well Oxley Chamberlain you, you can't count in this season because he's, he's, he's injured and Adam Lallana because of his record he isn't reliable at the moment uh, so try and build him up to fitness the same way Sturridge has tried to do that recently if he plays fantastic if not don't be too worried about it I mean you can't really do much when a player is struggling with injuries the way he, he is so any minutes that he gets is a bonus but in that role yeah he can be really important uh, so hopefully we'll get to see more of him and then he can really show his value because uh, in that role he, he does shine. Yeah, so we'll, we'll move on to talk about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain because we've been kind of flirting around the topic and Leanne has written a really good article about Ox and um, the hole that he's left in Liverpool's midfield with his injury. So Leanne, I'll let you um, go into your article and then again we can get into the discussion. Yeah, so I based this kind of off the back of the Man City game um, because a, a lot of people agreed with me on this I, I thought it was a game where it kind of highlighted just how good Oxley chamberlain was last season and just what a difference he made to that midfield um, there were times last season where his energy and his pressing alone kind of that drive from midfield really set things going it set the tempo it, we were talking earlier about the transitional play the link up to the front three and he was at the heart of that um, and he was the only midfielder to start in all three of our wins against City 
uh, last season. So I, I think, you know, coming into the team, playing in that central role, which he wanted so badly at Arsenal, which never really came uh, to fruition. I thought he was fantastic. And I think this season he's been a huge, huge miss, which we've, we've kind of talked about uh, briefly. Um, but yeah, just kind of looking at that, and it's it's kind of on the same wavelength as Hamza's articles, just looking at how Oxlade-Chamberlain's absence has, has kind of led to a, a breakdown in terms of the final third. Roberto Firmino, Salah and Mane haven't really been at the top form this season. And I think a large part of that is due to the fact they've not got someone like Chamberlain who is helping them, who's driving the, the midfield on to to get closer to the attack and to allow for maybe more ticky-tacker football in and around the box and, and those chances to come for the likes of Salah. Um, so, yeah, just looking at that and looking at how kind of Klopp approaches it and, and looking at Navi Keita, who I think came in so, sort of with the expectation. A lot of people were saying, you know, he is the guy. Look at what he's doing at Leipzig. Look at what he did in the Bundesliga, bringing the ball forward, driving past the opposition putting it into the back of the net. He's going to do that for Liverpool. And we've not kind of seen that driving confidence so far this season, uh, which is only to be expected. He's still obviously adapting to a new team, new surroundings and a new system. Um, but but in the meantime, Liverpool do kind of need a, a candidate to come into that Oxlade-Chamberlain role. And so I only briefly uh, mentioned Jordan Shakiri in that number 10 role uh, during Southampton. I thought he was very good in the opening 45 minutes. And of course, we've spoken about Adam Lallana as well. So I think there's there's a couple of issues with the midfield and the attack at the moment, um, which which we've spoken about, and and that ability to break down the low block is is when you need the likes of of Oxlade Chamberlain or or Naby Keita or Jordan Shakiri to really drive that midfield and have a presence and electric pace about them, um, and that's something that Klopp maybe needs to address in the in the coming weeks. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I, I largely agree with the article. I think it's a really, really good one. Um, Hamza, I will let you respond to it first. What are your thoughts on the article overall? And what do you think about the sort of... How do you think that we solve the the Oxlade-Chamberlain problem as Leanne's pick? Or do you think that maybe it's a problem that doesn't need to be solved? Um, I'm a big fan of the article. It comes across like real BBC article. It was really, really cool. I like that. Um, but I think... The end's right, uh, but I think we, I, th- I think we should make a distinction here as well. Like uh, the importance of Ox, Ox's pressing is we've seen it. So you look at the City game that we just played, the Chelsea game. If we had Oxley Chamberlain, I really think that um, we could have gone on to win both of those games. The 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 impact he makes. He's a midfielder that likes to score. He's taking shots. Amateurs at the moment they're not as aggressive as him. And I, th- I think we can't actually replace him at the moment. Jordan Shakiri is a player that's come in and he's tried to do that role, but you saw when Klopp hooked him at halftime in, uh, I can't remember the, the exact game, but he hooked him at halftime uh, because he wasn't doing it properly. Um, and it took Ox two months, two and a half months, three months to really get to know the role. And it's absolutely fantastic. I, d- I don't think it's a question of us being able to replace him because he was so, so good at it. Uh, I mean, I mentioned why Alan performed that role, and he's really, really well. But to do it the way Oxo Chamberlain did from January, well, December, January onwards, uh, is a tough ask because in that role at that moment, I genuinely don't see any other player uh, perform that role as well as he did because he, he was almost tailor-made for that for that role. Keita is not as physical as Chamberlain, 
Uh, he's he does have a shot on him, but he's not that. He, he doesn't carry it the same way Chamberlain does. He'll go past a few players and pass it off. Chamberlain is looking to get the ball and absolutely rifle it in, really aggress- aggressive. Um, and I think together they'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, but I, I don't think we have it in our team at the moment to be able to replace him. Uh, so bringing in someone like Lalana, as we just mentioned, would be a, a useful thing to do. Playing Keith there would be cool. Uh, playing one Alam there would also be a, a nice variation, but I don't think we're going to get the level that Oxlade-Chamberlain provided um, in that position from anyone else because he was so, so good at it. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, for what it's worth, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, I think you know... I think you may be, may be overstating quite how good Ox is in that role, um, personally. But then I've never been as big a fan of him as you two have, so I can understand. Yeah, I think you, I mean, you talk about, I, I, as I said earlier, I think goals from midfield is a really important issue, and I don't think Ox necessarily brought that much to the table. I mean, you take the Man City games out of the equation, and and how many games were there where he where he made a definitive impact? I'm, I'm not sure there were loads. Um, and I mean, City in particular, and Klopp, Klopp finds ways to beat City. It's it's been the case since he joined the club. Um, but that said, I think there's certainly a need for someone to step into that role. Um, I think I kind of agree with you. I don't think Cater will necessarily play the same role, but I I think I just think Cater's going to be the best midfielder and best midfielder in the Premiership when he gets going. I really do. I don't see any of any midfielders in the league who I think, yeah, when they get going, Cater's going to not bulldoze them. I, that's just my take on it, though. Um, Liam, what do you make? From that from Hamza and what do you what do you make to my response that maybe it's not necessarily about the Oxide Chamberlain position but about reinforcing the midfield as a collective whole what do you, what do you make of that I I am obviously a massive fan of Oxide Chamberlain so I, I completely agree with Hamza in terms of the the job he did last season and, and as I kind of pointed out in the article he was the the dynamo in midfield that was making a lot of things happen um, I think it's it's interesting when you know you talk about uh, Jalen Shakiri. I thought he had a good 45 minutes against Southampton um, and I thought it was just a case of Klopp uh, taking him off purely for resting or, or using him for another game. Um, again, that's just up for interpretation. He obviously did make an impact in that game. Um, but again, I, I agree on the point that it took Chamberlain a long, long time and we've got to remember this. It was a pretty sluggish start to, to his Liverpool career, a couple of uh, substitute appearances and it wasn't really until I think it was a a game against Man U, actually, where he comes on um, down the wing and he spraying balls into the box and he, he just looked like a live wire. He wanted to make something happen. Um, and, and so it's going to take time, if it is Shakiri or Cater, for those players to get up to speed and to try and fill what Oxlade-Chamberlain was doing. Um, Lalana, interesting one. Um, I, I think he could potentially do the role, but again, if not longer for him to, to get him up to speed because of all the injuries... Um, so for me, it's kind of the answer is there in Naby Keita, but um, I think it's just an issue of he's had a relatively slow start, um, which, as I said, you can't really blame him for. He is in a completely new environment now, but I think it's more just anticipation and desire to see the player that we all watched so um, intently during the Bundesliga after Liverpool make that move for Cater and we're kind of waiting around, waiting for him to actually become a Liverpool player and, and to see him in red and seeing what he was doing um, in Germany was was so frenetic and so exciting to see. Um, but now, you know, he's, he's come into Liverpool and it's not quite clicked yet. 
Um, I, I, I do kind of understand the point in terms of the midfield collectively needing to be a bit more of a cohesive unit. I think we, we touched on that in Hamza's article that um, together in terms of that transitional play, that's a really important aspect of Liverpool's game. But for me, it's the missing piece of the puzzle so far this season has been that drive from midfield, someone to really link to the front three. And I, I think that's a case of why we've potentially not seen the best of Mo Salah yet. I know he's still scored a couple of goals, his movements there, and, and maybe it's just a case of the pressure so far uh, being a lot higher than it was last season when he came in as, as the, the Chelsea reject. But I think when you've got someone there in midfield who is looking to make something happen, someone who is willing to bomb forward with the ball, willing to have that confidence to, to really ask for possession in dangerous areas, to to not pick the easy pass to show that aggression that Hamza was talking about, that makes a huge difference to those front three players. Um, so I do think it's something that needs to be addressed. Um, and, and I think it's something that maybe, I mean, hopefully we'll see against Huddersfield and Cardiff. I know injuries are going to be affecting us in the next couple of weeks, but low block defences, a relatively easy run of games. This is where Klopp should should kind of be experimenting to see what is the answer here? Because he's he's going to need one if he wants to challenge and if he wants to keep up that momentum. I I think we'll see more of the same. I really do. I don't I don't see any. I, the other thing is I don't really see any big need for change because what we're doing is working really really well. What do you What do you think, Hamza? How do you respond to that? Do you think Leanne's right that we need, do need to see something change in the next few weeks and that we will see something change in the next few weeks, or do you think that with Cater injured, it's just a case of Klopp will probably sit in because this was something we were discussing on the group earlier uh, how do you see the midfield stacking up stacking up over the next couple of weeks because it looks like it's going to be hendo genie milner possibly hendo genie fabinho again i think uh, with regard to any tactical shifts we should probably hold fire because of um the fixture list that we had prior to this break a really tough fixture list a lot of close games a lot of high intensity games you had chelsea twice man city napoli uh, PSG, and now we've got a really, what looks like, at face value at least, a comfortable set of fixtures. And a set of fixtures, in, and okay, maybe our midfield isn't creative enough against some of these bigger teams, or teams that sit back, but we shouldn't really struggle against Huddersfield, Cardiff, the like of them. I think we won't really need to change anything yet, unless we see something really bad. Uh, unless and the next two games, the midfield doesn't create absolutely anything. Then we can start thinking, oh, right, right the, there's genuinely something wrong here. Uh, that is a serious problem, uh, one that isn't related to us having re- really tough fixture lists. So I, I'd hold fire at the moment. I think we should be able to cope with that key for two weeks. Fabinho, I'm really interested to see what he can offer, because in the short moments that we saw in preseason, he uh, took up an interesting position, probably a bit too deep. But I think with the training that, that Klopp is doing with him, maybe we'll see something that's completely different to what we see at the moment. Uh, and that could, in some ways, offer help because to to have that sort of um, the, the the playmaker that I referred to as well, they don't have to be an advanced midfielder. If you're a deep midfielder and you're moving players like Jorginho does for Chelsea, then naturally players are going to come inside, drift into it and attack the space. And I don't know at the moment, but what I would say is let's just take it easy, hold fire, see how the next two games in particular go. Uh, if it's too much, then I think we need to consider as I said about our midfield, but I think at the moment we can probably, Milner's back, so we can stick with him. Uh, when Alden uh, scores for the Netherlands the other day, uh, and he's, he's playing alright, and uh, Henderson, uh, he's starting to get 
uh, a run of run of fixtures after that sort of uh, break that he had following the World Cup. So I think if we keep it the same, uh, rotate if we've got any close fixtures or anyone's feeling a bit tired, probably take out Milner because he just come come back from the injury. So bring in Fabinho this week, should, we should be all right. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think we need immediate changes. Obviously, we, we spoke about this earlier, but Liverpool are in a very good, very healthy league position. So it's not that I'm, I'm necessarily calling for drastic changes right now. I think it's more, and the, the reason I wrote the article in the first place was the fact that, as Hamza said earlier, with, with that Man City game, it was a game where you're thinking, you're, you're looking and you're watching it and you're thinking, okay, if Oxford Chamberlain is on that pitch right now, we could potentially have won that game. And I think for me, that's just kind of an overriding feeling I've had um, this season. I think it's just something maybe to be mindful of as the season progresses when we do face other top teams. Uh, but also, if if it is a case of against Huddersfield, which hopefully it won't be, um, and, and again, injury permitting, if it's a case of we're struggling to create chances against low block defences, then Klopp's got to got to think, okay, we've got we've got the likes of Shakiri here, we've got Lalana, we've got Cater when he returns uh, from injury, and all three of those players are capable of making something happen. Uh, maybe not the most consistent players, maybe not the, the best players you'll ever see um, in terms of Lalana and his form in recent seasons, and Shakiri still getting up to speed himself, but. I think it's just something that maybe we've got to be mindful of, just trying to have that transitional aspect, that aggression from midfield, the drive, in order to get something out of our front three. Yeah, I agree. One one thing I do just want to say, potentially, looking at, say, for example, the City game, sometimes you've just got to give credit to the opposition as well. I mean, you know, by all accounts, Guardiola, Guardiola definitely tactically shifted his game against us. Guardiola, I mean... How, how you know Pep Guardiola went to Anfield playing for that nil nil. Let's be fair. It's not as if I mean Guardiola played a very different tactical style to the way he's played in the last few Champions League games as well, and that made a huge difference. I think the fact that Guardiola went up there to basically play for that nil nil rather than play the sort of open expansive football that maybe got him into trouble in some of the previous games, which, which I think definitely played a factor. Yeah, 100%. I think it's he even came out, I think, in, in the post-match um, and, and pre-match and he said you'd be daft to, to play a certain way against this Liverpool team. You've got to adapt. And, and Klopp did the same. So I think so far, overall, the, the feeling is we are doing very well. Um, it's There's been a couple of opportunities maybe to seize more points and just uh, maybe a feeling against Napoli in particular that midfield could be doing a little bit better. Um, but it is literally just a case of allowing players like Naby Keita and Shakiri the chance to get up to speed, the chance to, to really hit into full swing. And um, as you said, Tom, when, when they do, I'm sure they'll make a big impact. Um, in the meantime, Oxlade-Chamberlain, phenomenal season last year. Um, very, very hard not to see him on the pitch this year. Um, the big fan that I am. And um, yeah, just hopefully it's it's a case of, you know, next week when we've got another three points under our belt and we've scored six goals, I won't need to talk about needing some kind of creative driving force in midfield. Yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, the, underli- for me, the underlying thing, it, it's it's easy for us to talk about what Oxley chamberlain would bring to the table because we know what Oxley chamberlain will bring to the table. It's an, it's an entirely different prospect to try and hypothesise how a midfield containing both Fabinho and Cater would be able to deal with these similar issues because this, I mean, this was part, partly what I talked about in my article this week. We just don't know how that's going to look once they're both, once they're both integrated, right? We, we can guess how they would look and we can sort of speculate on what their strengths and weaknesses are as players, 
but we don't know how this midfield's going to look and how good this team is going to be. For for me, at least, we, we've still got two of the best midfielders in Europe coming into our coming to come into our starting eleven, and that that in you know that can't be a bad thing, right? Hamza, um, what are your sort of overall thoughts on this, the sort of mini discussion myself and Leanne have just had? Yeah, I, I I agree with you. You 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 guys have pretty much got that spot on. I don't really have much to to add there because you you've covered it pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. So then, Leanne, is there anything you want to add uh, off this topic before we wrap up? No, I think that's it. I think um both articles obviously relatively similar, but with an overriding feeling of Liverpool potentially needing a little bit more aggression and drive in the midfield. Um. Hopefully, that's something we see over the next few weeks. Naby Keita is a player who's perfectly capable of doing it. He's got all the traits and we've seen that he can do it in the Bundesliga. Um, and if not, you know, just, just hoping he gets up to speed and, and someone maybe like Adam Milana comes through in the meantime. Um, who knows? We might see him against Huddersfield given, given the current injury status. But um, yeah, that's pretty much all from me. Just uh, kind of a loving for Oxo Chamberlain, really. Okay, wicked. Um, so Hamza, is there anything you wanted to plug before we close off? I'll, I'll try and get another article in, uh, but I'll see what, what, what comes up. I'll, I'll watch the game, see what I can do with that. Um, but um, apart from that, Tactical Review will be back after the Huddersfield game. Just keep an eye out for that. Uh, and that's me then. Okay. And Leanne, is there anything you wanted to plug? Um, I'll have a, another article out in the next few days, probably just about how um, this run of fixtures is equally important as the run of fixtures we just came through. A lot of people were saying, you know, this is... This is the time where Liverpool are going to really be tested and it's going to be, are they are they actually capable of underpinning a title challenge? And and we came through it pretty well. Um, but I also think this next couple of games is, is equally important. It's easy on paper, yes. Uh, but we've seen in, in recent history, OK, it's, it's died down a little bit in the last few seasons under Klopp, but we have kind of struggled with that low block defence. And I think it's even more important now with the international break being pretty unkind to Liverpool in terms of, Salah picking up a knock, Mane picking up a knock, Milner um, returned from a hamstring injury, but we don't know kind of is he is he rushing himself back because Klopp needs him or is he actually fully recovered? So there's a couple of question marks around the team. So just hoping we get through this next couple of um, weeks relatively unscathed and then going into the you know the Christmas winter period and and hoping we really kick on from there. Um, other than that, not really anything for me. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um... I've got an article out that I just sort of mentioned. It's about our depth and basically how, you know, everyone talks about how much depth we've got now, but realistically we've only used 12 players so far in the Premier League. So, you know, we'll, we'll see this depth. We'll, we'll see this depth tested over the next few weeks and we'll, know, we'll actually see whether this depth is all it's cracked up to be once they get on the field. Um, other than that, yeah, just this show. Um, it's a really, really fun show for myself and Leanne to do. Obviously we get brilliant writers in every week uh, and, because there's always good content out on the site and that really, really helps. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for coming on Hamza. Thank you as ever, Leanne. Thank you Guy for recording. And of course, thank you to all of our wonderful listeners. We will be back similar sort of time next week as usual. Okay. Bye then. Podcast Network.